All right, let's go, let's go. Happy Hobo Day if you're an SDSU student. If you're a young adult and you just have no idea what's going on with Hobo Day, hopefully you get it eventually. But it's, it's Hobo Day weekend and that makes for a lot of mixed emotions sometimes when you show up in church. But we're gonna talk about something else completely and entirely. So we're talking about generosity, but we're continuing in our storyline series. And this series has the subtitle Legacy of Oasis. And really what that legacy is, it's all about Jesus and his kingdom. And tonight we're gonna continue in that. But to start, let me ask you to think about a time where you experienced some act of generosity, right? Wind back the mental wheels, go back in time for a second. Think of of, of a story in your life where you saw someone do something insanely generous. You got something, you got it locked in? You think of something? For me, the first thing that I thought of is when I was in high school, one of my buddies, his grandparents, offered to take me with them to Mexico for free. It was awesome, but it gets better because the dates they picked for this trip happened to go over my birthday. So I was getting a free trip to Mexico for my birthday. It gets better. The dates they picked for this trip happened to be over my birthday, which was February 16th, If you want to jot it down, I know some of you are note takers. I like Qdoba gift cards and cool bean stuff. Anyways, February 16th. And so this year for my, for February 16th, when I was in Cabo, San Lucas, Mexico, I was turning 16. Now, I don't know about you, but I grew up dreaming. And I know this is kind of weird, but I grew up dreaming of the sweet 16 birthday party. I don't know how much Disney or like Nickelodeon I watched that infiltrated that. But like I dreamed of the sweet 16 birthday. And so that year, for my sweet 16 golden birthday, if you don't know what a golden, it's February 16th, turning 16 for free in Cabo, Mexico. Now, I would love to see someone top that for your sweet 16th birthday. That was what I thought of generosity right away. And then the second thing I thought, and this requires a little bit of participation, is I thought of one guy. If I could pick one person to, to label as generous, if I could say one guy name above any other name to label as a generous human being, and I'm believing in you, Oasis, so, so help me out here. We're gonna all say it on the count of three, right? One, two, three, Mr. Beast. Oh. Okay, okay, we're a little bit on different pages. I get the whole Jesus thing, right? He's like son of God, died for our sins, super generous. But at the same time, I also do think of Mr. Beast. Have you guys heard of him? Right, his real name is Jimmy Donaldson, I think. I got it in my notes. Yeah, yeah, Jimmy Donaldson. And if you don't know him, that's fine. Here's what you need to know. That Mr. Beast is a semi-controversial person. And the reason he's controversial is there's this debate that surrounds him on if he's really generous or not. This is why I think some of you have heard of him. He is the world's most famous YouTuber. A couple of stats for you is he has 188 million people subscribed to his channel. To put that in reference, his most popular video has over 508 million views. That's five times more people than watched the Super Bowl this last year. Dude is incredibly famous, and there are predictions for Mr. Beast's net worth that range anywhere from 100 to 500 million dollars. That's a crazy range. But the fact is, dude's loaded. He's got more money than he knows what to do with. And it's what he does with that money that becomes really interesting. Because he got famous making these really dumb YouTube videos. Like you can scroll back on his page and watch some of the stuff, like it's just, it's ridiculous. 
But now his page is a little bit different. That what he's really famous for, what he really is known for, is these acts of generosity. Something like he'll walk onto a college campus and pay in cash for someone's tuition. I know some of you are praying that prayer. <laughs> he'll go and he'll, he'll like have these worldwide competitions where he flies all these different types of people together and the prize money is half a million dollars. And those are just the funny ones. I straight up almost cried during sermon prep this week watching Mr. Beast spend $3 million making it so a thousand deaf people could have life-changing hearing technology. That, that's crazy, $3 million. This is what he does with his money. But yet there's a debate. Those are some of the points on the good side, but the question still remains, is he generous? Because on the opposite side, there are people who think Mr. Beast exploits people with needs. They think he gives so that he can receive. That they would call it not really generosity because what he does is it's a self-fulfilling model. That he makes more videos, gives away more money, and in turn, he has more people watch his videos, what makes him more money, so then he makes more videos, and it's just this continuous loop that feeds his own fame and his own wealth. And so people sit back and they say, is he really generous? They say he's selfish. They'd argue that exploitation doesn't actually help anybody with real true needs. And I sit back and I ask the question, is he generous? Maybe you're asking the question, is he really generous? Because there's a couple of different arguments there. And I'm not here to tell you one or the other. You can pick for yourself. What I'm here to point out is how confusing that is. This guy gives away boatloads of money. Every single year, he's dropping millions to give to other people. Yet there is the question, is he generous? That's a hard question. Let's flip it around. Are you generous? That's a hard question. It's easy to poke fun at the millionaires and billionaires to see how they spend their money and how they use their money, but are, are you generous? Can you answer that question about yourself? That's a hard question. And all of these questions start to introduce to us the fact that there is a tension around generosity. Then when it comes to the conversation of generosity, even the thing you were thinking about earlier, when I said, get that in your mind, some of you wrestled in that moment, is this really generous? Is it generous enough? Is it the right kind of generosity? Does it fit exactly what he's looking for? Generosity can be very confusing. And so as Christians tonight, in a world that has a thousand different definitions with a thousand more in individual interpretations, we're trying to figure out what is true generosity. What is true generosity? If we were gonna sit back and as Christians try to understand how do we glorify God with generosity? What does that look like? This last summer, I spent a bunch of time praying about that exact question. I actually ended up going to a monastery and taking a two-day silent retreat where most of my time was spent praying about this question. What is true generosity? And while I was there and as I prayed, I was reminded of God's generosity here the legacy of Oasis, the, the, the faithfulness of him to us here in this place. 
All of the times God has showed up and, and how, how in abundance he's been generous in his provision, his protection, his blessing, it, it is abundantly clear to me. And in that, I felt God calling us to more generosity. That as he has blessed us, I felt him calling us to be a blessing to others. It started with him looking at me and as a pastor and as a person, I believe he was calling me to generosity. And then he turned it a little bit and, and I started to think about us as a ministry, that as Oasis and the people of Oasis, that we would be generous. And then I started to think about you because I think God's call is for each and every one of us to embrace generosity in our lives and glorify God with that. So tonight, that's what we're talking about. When we look towards the future of Oasis, I believe he is calling us to be generous. But before we do that, we have to first answer the question, what is true generosity? God needs our hearts and our minds to be firm and established in this question as we run towards him in the call of generosity. So tonight we're gonna walk through five key ideas of generosity. Five things that if we take them serious, they will change us as people and therefore us as a ministry. Five things, and before we get to them, I'm gonna pray. Father, thank you tonight for your word which will guide us, for your spirit that is here. Would we glorify you and build your kingdom in this unique way of generosity? In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The first key idea of generosity is, one, generosity is a part of who we are. Generosity is, is, is key and core to who we are. On the surface, generosity is a command that God has given that we can feel we just need to obey or, or be obedient in. That's on the surface. If we don't dive too much deeper than that, God has asked us to do it. And so as the people of God, we should do it. And I spent time this week searching the scriptures for all the times God's commanded us to be generous. And uh, Noah, if you could put that next one up. This is what I came up with just in, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. In 15, 20 minutes, I was searching the scriptures. Here's all the places that I found God told us as his people, we need to be generous. The command of God was everywhere. John, Luke, Proverbs, Matthew, Corinthians, Deuteronomy, Malachi, Acts. It was, it was everywhere. Constant throughout the scriptures, God's command to be generous. So rather than read all of those to you, I wanna sum them up. As Christians... We are called to be generous. That's the blanket statement that we are starting from tonight. On the surface level, as you come in and you understand what is generosity, first and foremost, I need you to know you're called to it. It is God's command for our lives, and as we follow him, if we want to be obedient, we will be generous. That's the surface. Now I need us to go a little bit deeper. Because I don't think it's just a command of God. I believe generosity is woven into who we are. It's a part of us. It's in each and every one of us. And we know that because in Genesis 1.26, God teaches that we are made in the image of God. Genesis 1.26, it teaches that we are made in the image of God. And there's lots of implications for that. But one of them is we are made to resemble God. We're made to act like God, to be like God. We're supposed to walk in the ways that God, that is part of who we are. And if we understand that, we must first understand then that God is generous. First and foremost, oh man, God is abundantly, unimaginably, 
incredibly generous. Think about it for a second. Think about the two weeks of fall we get every, every year in South Dakota. For those two glorious weeks as you drive down the street just dreading the darkness in the winter that is coming, and you look at the leaves, God is so generous that his creation would be so beautiful even for such a short period of time. Or, or think about, man, just think about food. Do we have any foodies? Either, either you love to cook or much more like me, you love to eat, right? Amen. Got a foodie in here? Like, think about food for a second. How generous is God in food? Not the fact that we just have food, right? That, that, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about that we have good food. Like, think about pizza for a second, right? The cheese and the toppings and the sauce and the crust, mmm, the Lord is good to us. You think about pizza, how generous is God that he would give us not only food, but delicious food. He didn't need to do that. You could eat cardboard with sauce on it, but God didn't do that to you. He's generous. Even look at how he's providing for us tonight. To sit in this room is to have breath in our lungs health in our bodies, clothes on our back, a roof over our head. Think about God's generosity in that. Think about his son, John three sixteen, that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Think about that message, the generous, the generous nature of God, that he would give his son, his one and only son, so that we, through his death, life, and sacrifice, so that we could have eternal life. God is generous. My question then becomes, are we? If we are made to resemble God, are we fulfilling God's image in us? It's, it's in there. You are made to resemble God. You were made to be like God, to live like God. It's in there. Are you letting it show? God is generous, are we? It's part of who we are as God's creation. So my next question becomes, how do we do that? I love when we get into the theological, right? The Imago Dei to be created in God's image. But, but now for a second, we're dipping into the practical. If we understand we must be generous because we are called to it and we're created for it, how can we also understand how do we do it? And so point number two, generosity starts in our hearts. It starts in our hearts. If you were with us last week, let me tell you, it is copy, paste. Last week we talked about the harvest, revival, Matthew 9, evangelism, seeking the lost, the workers. Where did that all start? Love, compassion, revival starts in our hearts. Tonight as we talk about generosity, where does true generosity flow from? Love. It starts in your heart. First Corinthians 13, three, Paul put it like this. He says, if I give all that I have, if I give everything I possess to the poor, I even give over my body to hardship that I might boast. But Paul says, but if I don't have love, I've gained nothing. I can give everything I possess, every possession you have. He'll, he'll even give over his actual body, but without love, it's pointless. 
Paul is challenging them to root their generosity in love. True generosity is rooted in love for God and for others. It's twofold. It is rooted both in love for God and then love for others. We're going to start talking about love for God because in 1 John 5, 3, John the author writes, In fact, this is love for God, to keep his commands. Do you love God? If you answered that honestly tonight, do you love God? I think you should. I'm a little biased, but I think he's awesome. I think he's amazing. I think you should love him. But for you, do you, do you love God? If so, you'll keep his commands. You'll do what he says. You'll be obedient because you love him. You'll want to please him. And generosity pleases him. Don't start with generosity because I told you to. That's not... Don't, don't even start with generosity because the Bible told you to. Start with generosity because you love God and you will do whatever it takes to please him. Generosity, true generosity, it starts in your heart. Think about it like this. Why don't I cheat on my wife? Aggressive, but honest question. Why don't I... As a husband of four and a half years, why don't I cheat on my wife? Is it because somewhere in some states it's illegal? Is it because I read in a book once that it was a bad idea? Is it because someone told me, "Ah, you probably shouldn't do that? Why don't I cheat on my wife? Why am I faithful to her? It's because I love her. I will do everything in my power for the rest of our lives to please her, to bring her happiness and joy, to make our life fulfilled and have blessing. Why? Because I love her. The same is true of your relationship with God. Your relationship should be founded on love and that love leads you to obedience. When we love God, we become generous people. He doesn't need petty self-fulfilling obedience. God cares about your relationship and when obedience flows out of love, that pleases him. Love for God is the spark which ignites the fire of generosity, but love for others is the fuel that keeps it burning. If you love God, you will start to be generous, but if you do not love people, you will never continue in generosity. In college, I lived with five dudes. And when I say dudes, I mean that kind of dude. Our place was disgusting almost all the time. I mean, dishes like you wouldn't imagine, dust. I mean, I don't think any roommate in my house knew how to dust. I just don't think it was part of their their upbringing, right? I'm talking crumbs everywhere. I refused to not wear shoes in my own house because I couldn't do the crumbs. All the while, there is not a vacuum in sight. And I'm a pretty neat guy. I am. I like to keep my stuff straight and narrow and clean. And so when I lived in this place, every once in a while, I'd break. (laughs) I'd lose it. I just couldn't handle it anymore. I'd see the dishes. I'd see the crumbs. I'd see the dust. And I'd just go nuts. You could call me Mr. Clean himself. I'm running around the place. I'm dusting. I'm mopping. I'm sweeping the dishes. And then sometimes, not all the time, 
Not all the time. I still remember the times where they came home and they didn't remember. But sometimes they came home and they thanked me. Right? And that felt nice to feel appreciated and cared for and that, that they noticed. But as they would come and they'd thank me for cleaning the house, I'd have to sit back because deep down, I ain't done it for them. <laughs> I didn't do it for them. I did that for me. I needed a clean pan to cook in. I wanted to walk around in socks in my own home. I wanted to breathe clean air. Is that so much to ask? I did all that for me. And that's not true generosity. And I'm okay telling you that. Because though my actions benefited them, they didn't flow from a place of love for them. And that's not true generosity. True generosity is about love. We start loving God. And that stokes this fire in us. And we have this burning desire that I must live out my created identity. And then we love God and that adds fuel to the fire as we, as we burn bright for God. The two are coupled together in Jesus' teaching of the greatest commandments of Matthew 22. He tells us the, the, the best way for you to live your life is to love God and love others. Generosity is no different. It starts in our hearts. It is rooted in love. So that is how we start. And that love, it kind of propels us to action. When we start loving God and we start loving others, it's gonna make your heart grow. You remember that scene from The Grinch where he's standing up on the mountaintop and he's stolen all of the stuff and he looks down and he can hear the Whoville people singing? And as he stands there, his heart, it's like, it's like bursting. It's painful as his heart grows and grows and grows. And as his heart grows and he begins to love the people because he sees them and he hears them and he's encountered them. And as his heart is changed and it fills and as it grows, what does it do? He grabs that stupid little dog and he attaches it to the front of the sled and they slide down the hill. And what, is that, what does he do when he gets down there? He loves people. He's generous. He starts dishing out stolen presents left and right. And he calls that generosity. Right, but where did it start? On a mountaintop by himself where he fell in love with a group of people. And that action, it propelled him to generosity. My prayer is it's the same with us. As we listen to last week's message and we start to love people because we see them and we hear them and we value them it would fill up our hearts and we would be sent in action to love. Now, what is that action? It's a great question. Number three, generosity is about more than money. Generosity is about more than money. We tend to pigeonhole generosity. We say it fits in this specific area. You felt that tension as you were trying to think of your story. If it doesn't look like this, then it's not generous. But generosity is about so much more than money. Paul in 1 Timothy 6, he teaches, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, to be generous, willing to share. Here Paul challenges them to be generous, but that generosity stretches beyond finances. I've heard it said, generosity should be spread across your time, your talents, and your treasures. The first one, treasures, is the obvious one. It's money. That though many of us have little, 
how we steward our little says a lot. Right? You might swipe that card every once in a while and, and you get the decline. And I'm, I've been there, right? But even with the little, what does it look like to be generous? Maybe, maybe for you it's buying a couple extra groceries this week to support Jack's cupboard. As a ministry, we're trying to be generous. We're trying to invite you into generosity. Maybe that's what it looks like for you. Maybe it looks like you tithe and you support a local church. Doesn't have to be Grace Point. Doesn't have to be Oasis. It can be your home church. But maybe that's what what God's calling you to with your little. Maybe it's you have a roommate and you know month after month after month they struggle to pay the rent. Maybe. Maybe you chip in. What would it look like for you to be generous with what you have financially? But that's not where generosity stops. Generosity stretches beyond our bank accounts. It's easy to play the young, broke person card and try to just skirt past generosity. But what would it look like for you to be generous with your time? Some of us have an abundance of that. Your bank account is empty, but so is your calendar. You got an abundance of time. How could you be generous with that? What would it look like? We put put a couple of things in front of you in the last month. What about Kids Point? What about BCYMP, the the mentoring program? What about the Oasis ministry team? (laughs) And in reality, those are a couple. Out there, there are a bazillion different nonprofits and organizations who have incredible dreams of how they're going to help people but lack the manpower to do it. And you might not have money, but you have time. What would it look like for you to be generous with your time as God sends you to maybe be an answer to prayer for those people? Otherwise, what would it look like for you to be generous with your talents? Do you recognize how uniquely God has created you? that each and every one of us, we have unique giftings and abilities that God has given us, that he is asking us to share with others. Just think about tonight. Tonight, for example, we have Kenzie up here, we've got Sam, we've got Aiden. We've got these people leading us in worship and that's their gift. That ain't my gift. Nobody wants me up here on the mic or on the keys or playing the drum, like, that's not my gift. It might not be yours but it's theirs and they're being generous with it. You've got Noah up here sitting, mixing the sound. He's doing that so we can worship. Not only that, he's doing that so that God could be glorified with his talent. Back behind this wall and that door, Caleb is sitting back there pressing buttons on a video switcher. And he's doing that so that every person who watches online today and this week can worship. He's using his talents to glorify God. That's just here tonight. Beyond this place, athletes, right? What would it look like for you to use your talent to glorify God and be generous? Your ability, you're hearing that from a washed up high school athlete. I can't do it like you. God has given you the ability. What would it like for you to be generous with your talent and your platform for the rest of us non-D1 athletes? What are you good at? What are you good at? What would it look like for you to be generous with that? 
Are you good at finances? Help someone make a budget. Can you cook? Teach someone your favorite recipe. Good student? Be a tutor. Right, handy? I have a furnace I would love for you to come look at. What are you good at? Take that. Leverage it for the kingdom of God. It's called generosity. The fourth key idea of generosity is generosity helps us trust God. I want to hit you with another big question. Do you trust God? It's a loaded question. It feels like it for sure. But answer honestly as you sit there. Do you trust God? For me, I'd say sometimes. Honestly, sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. And that has nothing to do with God and all to do with my own brokenness. That I'm a human being. It's hard for me to trust people. I got trust issues. It's hard for me to trust people. God is faithful. He is able. He will provide. But on my side, I got, I got some trust things that I'm working through. It's hard to trust God with everything, yet trust is the foundation of relationship. And remember, I started talking earlier that God loves you. He cares for you, and we love him back, and that's relationship. The foundation of that is trust. Imagine. Imagine what it would be like for you to trust God with everything. And then imagine this. Imagine you go on a, on a first date, and on this first date, right, you feel the urge to disclose your deepest, darkest secret. If that's you, I'm telling you, that's why you're still single, my friend. <laughs> but, but you don't on the first date give over your deepest, darkest secret. Why? There's no trust there. Right? You, you just swiped left or right. Which one is it? I don't know. Never downloaded the app. Got married young. <laughs> but, but in that, you sat down and... You, but imagine... You've been married 20 years. 20 long, beautiful, but hard years. Years where there was joy and happiness and love and years where there was hardship and struggle and sadness. 20 years of a long but beautiful love story in marriage. Imagine, do you trust that person? After 20 years, you shouldn't have an issue letting living life with deep trust in that other person. Because over the years you have forged and built a relationship with trust. It didn't happen in a moment. I've done a handful of weddings and it's not like I snap my fingers or I pray a certain prayer and perfect trust happens. Trust is forged over a period of time. So while God is a thousand percent trustworthy, 2 Thessalonians 3.3 reinforces that. It says God is faithful. He will never let you down. He will always provide. He will always come through. His promises are yes and amen. He is the good father. He is trustworthy. We still struggle at times. And in the midst of struggle, generosity is a tool to help us trust him. If we want to be generous, we have to use the tool God has given us to stretch us to be generous. And that's what it's going to do. Generosity will stretch you. It'll challenge you. It'll push you farther than you want to go. It should make you a little bit uncomfortable. 
when we're talking about treasures and you just opened your bank account and it looked, it, it wasn't red, but it was like orange, right? Like it was almost in the negative, flirting right with zero dollars. And you, you maybe are a little bit generous this week. That's gonna stretch you. Or time. You sacrifice a little bit of time for studying, time for work, time with friends, time with a significant other, time on Netflix, time on TikTok. You sacrifice a little bit of that, it's gonna stretch you. Talents. For you to do what God has called you and gifted you to do, it's gonna require some courage and some bravery and you're gonna have to put yourself out there and you're gonna have to give some effort and that probably will stretch you. Yet in every single stretch, God provides. Every single time. Every single time when we lean in, God provides to our generosity. The fifth and final key is that generosity betters our lives. Generosity betters our lives. I I love the way this ends because it's been one, two, three, four. And my fifth and final point is generosity is good for you. It is, it is good for you. It will bless you. It will give in return back to you as you are generous. Yet even as I say that, some of you don't trust it. As I was preparing, this this message felt a little bit like when your parents grew up telling you to eat vegetables and they dropped the Brussels sprouts on the plate in front of you and they said, it's good for you. And you said, nah, fam. (laughs) It can feel a little bit like that because the pastor's like, generosity is good for you, but don't just take my word from it. Look at what the Proverbs have to say. Proverbs 19, 22, 28, and 11. Over and over and over and over again, this same idea is, is resonating. That whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord and he will be rewarded for what they have done. The generous will themselves be blessed. Those who give will lack nothing. One person gives freely yet gains more. Over and over and over again, you will learn that generosity betters your life. Or take it even from Jesus himself in Acts 20, verse 35, Paul quotes him and he says, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Jesus understood this. I pray we do too. And as we understand that generosity will better our lives, we need to start actually being generous. Because as many Bible verses as I could put on this massive screen behind me, you might never catch it until you do it. Until you step out in faith and you start to be generous. When you experience it, you understand that generosity is not idle, it's active. It's not something that passively happens to you. It's something you have to lean into and act on. I encourage you, try it. Test it. Be generous. This week, give a little, be obedient, trust, and see what God does. A couple of weeks ago, I went to hy V with kind of dual purposes. Purpose number one is I went in there with a couple things on my grocery list. Uh, I don't often go to hy V because I think Walmart's cheaper, but I went in there and I was a little bit lost and confused, but the second purpose that I had is I had a gift card in my pocket. And, and I, I went into this grocery store with this gift card in my pocket with the intention to give it to someone random. And I felt God was calling me to this. I I don't know why. It kind of sounds weird now, but I felt he was asking me to do this. And so I I got the gift card and I got ready and I was so nervous, right? I'm not Mr. Beast. (laughs) 
I don't give things away constantly as my lifestyle. It's just God was stretching me. He was challenging me. And as I walked in there, my knees were shaking, like I was shaking in my boots, except I don't own boots, because you guys know, not ag. But, but I, I don't hate boots, I just don't own any. So I was, I was nervous, right? I walked in there and I was praying, God, would you provide a person who needs this gift card? Because if he called me to it, I was praying that he was gonna show up in the stretch. And I walked into that and I started walking down the aisle and I turned and I walked down the baking aisle and there was this sweet, like 85 year old woman And she made eye contact with me, which is like the no-go, right? If I'm on a mission and you locked eyes, you're done. (laughs) And I had that moment of internal panic where I was like, God, is it her? Is it her? Is it her? Like, I don't know. And I was just going to just breeze past her because I was like, ah, it's just eye contact. And she, she grabbed my arm and she stopped me in that aisle. I didn't stop her. She stopped me. And she asked for help. She couldn't pick up the loaf or the, the bag of sugar. And as I picked up that bag of sugar, I felt God nudge me in my heart that this was her and she needed it that day. And I took the gift card out of my pocket and I gave it to her and she was unbelievably confused. No idea what's going on in the middle of the baking aisle at Hy-Vee and I explained to her a little bit of who I was and why I was doing it and all these things. And she became incredibly gracious. But I don't tell you that story because of her experience. I tell you that story because of my experience that God called me to it. And there was something in me that, that aligned with that calling. And I was challenged by it. And I had to trust him in it. And, I, and as I leaned over and I was picking up that bag of sugar, there was something in me that I would have called love from the father for her. And as I gave her that gift card, you know, I think she was happy, but I left on cloud nine because it is more blessed to give than to receive. And so I challenge you with that this week. What would it look like for you to be generous? Truly generous. Generous in the way that God has called you to be. Generous in a way that stretches you, that challenges you. That's about more than just money. In a way that that starts because you love God and you want to please him. That's fed by this love for others. That causes you to trust God. And that ends up with a blessing back on your life. What would it look like for you to be generous? What would it look like for us to be generous? That's my prayer.